Soccer Heads, welcome back to another episode of the Soccer Heads podcast. You got Connor here, and holy shit, it is the Der Klassiker podcast, aka the German Classic, aka Big Bro versus Little Bro. It is Bayern Munich versus Borussia Dortmund. I couldn't be any more excited. This is the epitome of the soccer fan's dream. Seven matches to go, including this one on Tuesday. Bayern Munich is in first place. Borussia Dortmund is in second place. There's four points between them. This is one of the best title races we've seen in a long time in the Bundesliga. This is going to be so awesome. We have two teams that are playing... I don't. I'm. I wouldn't say playing perfect, but they have a lot of hype around them. Both teams can. It can go either way. It can go either way on Tuesday, and I'm gonna tell you myself. I am a big Borussia Dortmund fan. I think ever since I saw that video that was circulating on Instagram, where it was Lewandowski and Marco Royce, and behind them was that the um, audio. From that Fast and Furious song with Charlie Puth and um, Wiz Khalifa. Where it's like, when I'll see you again. And it was Lou and Royce just dapping up and then seeing each other on the opposing sides. That one hit me right in the feels. And yeah, I mean, partly part of it is my fault. Because I don't. I think that the Borussia Dortmund board is friggin' uh, Bayern Munich fans. Because... They just give all their best players to Bayern Munich. Hopefully that's changing. I don't think Sancho is the transfer target for uh, Bayern Munich coming up. But anyways, before we get too into that match, I want to go back to last weekend's matches. That will help us really get into what's coming up this week on Tuesday. And a couple games on Wednesday we'll talk about. So we'll start off with the Friday game. On the previous podcast, I kind of gave this Friday game a little bit of crap because I didn't really realize the extent of it being, you know, an ignorant, stupid American fan. So what it was was Hertha Berlin versus Union Berlin. And this meant so much more because this was only the second time that in... Rewind a little bit. What this came down to was the Berlin Wall and... Obviously, it separated East Germany versus West Germany. So this was the second time, and the only other time was earlier when these two faced off in November. But this is only the second time that an East Berlin team faced off a West against a West Berlin team. So this definitely meant a lot to the German fans, and obviously the uh, two supporting clubs, Hertha Berlin and Union Berlin. The game itself, it was close in the first half, and then Hertha Berlin really showed their dominance. Um, They ended up winning 4-0. But it it was very interesting because going into it, I thought it was going to be a draw. Hertha Berlin, I'd say, are typically the better team like throughout history. But Union Berlin came off the 2-0 defeat against Bayern Munich uh, last week, the week before. And I really thought that was a pretty good showing by them. Bayern didn't look too dominant. They definitely were just kind of walking through the paces on that. So Union Berlin put up a good fight. But really what it came down to was Hertha Berlin. Or I think it might be pronounced Hertha Berlin. 
either way, they really uh, came up big in that derby. That's one where you really would, you really like to see the fans in that because they would have just been so electric. And that's just the thing that sucks about this whole new coronavirus Bundesliga. But overall, it's been going well so far. Now, moving to Saturday, this is when um, Dortmund and Bayern Munich played, but I'll kind of go into those games towards the end once we get into the preview for the Dirt Classicer. So the big one of the weekend that I was very interested in was Bayer Leverkusen versus Gladbach. Not going to say the whole name. So this one was very close um, to call because both teams had been playing well and are at the very top of the Bundesliga standings. Obviously below um, Bayern Munich and Borussia Dortmund. Leverkusen was in third place and in the first game back, Kai Harvard's got a brace. He looked phenomenal. And then in this game, he got another brace. So... Really, I think he's been looking phenomenal. I don't think there's any chance he stays at Leverkusen next season because he has been linked with so many big clubs, um, one of them definitely being Liverpool. So right now, the standings are Leipzig is in third place with 54 points. Leverkusen is in fourth place with 53, and Gladbach is in fifth place with 52. So one point separates those three teams from third to fifth. And Leipzig's only three points behind Dortmund, and Munich is um, four points ahead of Dortmund. So this is a great title race, and it's going to be very interesting to see how the Champions League and Europa League spots come out. But getting back to that matchup, um, really, it was it was a close game. Um, Leverkusen obviously won three to one, so it doesn't look that close in the score in the score line. But Kai Harvard scored in the seventh minute, and then there was another goal until Marcus Thuram tied it up in the fifty-second minute, and he scored a pretty nice goal. He is only twenty-two years old. He's six-four, and he's French, and. He can be he could be a serious threat for years to come. He looks really good. Um, I, I think he can definitely get some big things done in his career. So look out for that name. Maybe he'll be starting for the French team in a few years for their national team, but definitely some a name to watch. Obviously, Kai Harvards is another name to watch, and he scored his second goal in the 58th minute to give Leverkusen the lead. And then in the 81st minutes, Fen Bender, he scored in the 81st, the third goal for Leverkusen. So that was a good matchup to watch. I remember I went conservative for that. I wasn't exactly sure who was going to win because they're both playing very well. I went um, over one and a half goals, not a huge payout, but um, I, I got there. So I can't complain about that one. All right. So that was the biggest game on Saturday besides Borussia Dortmund and Bayern Munich playing against their opponents. But what I'm going to do now is I'm going to skip to Sunday. And I'm going to be honest, on Sunday, I forgot to set my alarm. It was a super nice day in the New England area. Um, we live right next to Boston. It was perfect weather. 
I was dartying a little bit. Then had a fire at the end of the night. So I was drinking a decent bit with some friends. But we kept our distance. Not too many people. Um, so I totally woke up. I was like, oh, what am I going to do today? And then I'm like, oh, crap. Bundesliga. So I checked my phone. It was about 10.30. So I missed most of the Mainz-Leipzig game. That started at 9.30. But that was a blowout. Over the two games that Mainz and Leipzig have played, it's been a score line of 13 to nothing combined in favor of Leipzig. Werner had a hat trick. It was the second hat trick of the season against Mainz. Um, so first time they played was 8 nothing, and this time they played was 5 nothing. Um, I thought it was pretty funny because Mainz Twitter, you always love a good soccer Twitter account, beef or jokes, whatever it was. And... They were begging Klopp to sign Warner at Liverpool because Werner has been linked to um, Liverpool. And also uh, Klopp was Mainz's coach before he coached at Dortmund. So that was pretty funny. I think the big takeaway from those two matches is um, the Kai Harvards versus Timo Werner. I, I don't I wouldn't say rivalry or battle, but those are two players that are highly linked to big clubs, especially Liverpool. Um, I guess Liverpool is maybe not looking to replace Bobby Firmino, but they're looking for another option for him. So what that means is they could really use someone to play in the middle of the pitch in the attacking scenario. Both these guys are perfect, but I think Kai Havertz is the better option for them because as we've seen, he I think he's a typical center attacking mid, a number 10, where Werner is more of a 9. But these two games back, we've seen Kai playing the 9 spot. Werner was getting out, out in the wings a little bit more during his play uh, against Mines, which was good to see. But I think Kai just has that more natural versatility moving throughout the 7, 11, 10, 9 positions <clears throat> excuse me, in attack. So I think the better transfer would be Kai Harvard's, but Timo Werner, he is definitely a solid option for any team looking to pick up a striker to really bolster their attack. All right, those were kind of the big things I wanted to talk about. Now we will get into the um, the Bayern versus Frankfurt game on Saturday. So that game ended five to two. Bayern Munich went up three to nothing, and then Frankfurt had a little bit of a comeback themselves. Um, let me find the name. Hinteregger, a defender for Frankfurt, scored two goals, pretty good goals. Um, he he hadn't really scored much, if any, in the be, uh, the beginning of the season before the pause. But it was just so funny. His picture, the poor guy, it just he kind of looked like a big dummy, a big doofus. It was not a good picture. They should have taken one more. And it was so funny because he scored two goals. So you kept seeing his face pop up. And you're like, who is that guy? Who really knows who he is? And then to add on to that, he scored another goal, the third goal. But it was an own goal for Bayern Munich. So we got to see his great face, uh, beautiful face, and on the screen one more time. So I thought that was kind of funny. Um, to get into Bayern Munich a little bit more now... They are obviously a machine. My biggest takeaway is that Mueller, he is the engine that's driving them right now. He's playing so well. He's got just a ton of assists, a couple goals for him. 
Lewandowski, obviously, he's doing super well, too. Um, this season has been one of his best by far. And I haven't been too impressed with the wing play um, for Bayern so far with Nabry, Komen, and Perisic. Now, if we want to consider another player a winger, and that's Alfonso Davies, he's the left back. He has been far and away better than any of those attacking options on the outside that Bayern has right now. So my thing is, let's just try to get this over with as soon as possible. Move Davies up to the wing. Don't have him in the outside back position. They did this with Kimmich. He started at right back. He was showing potential all over the pitch. Now they moved him to a center midfielder. You kind of see this sometimes with you know players like Gareth Bale. They'll start on you know the outside back position and then they'll move up to attacking in their careers. Davies is 100% there already. He's not a great defender by any means, but he's not a bad defender. Davies is a player right now at the back position where he will make mistakes in the back, but he'll make up for those mistakes in the attacking. So I just think there's obviously not no point, but he'll just be much better if he can focus on attacking. I guess maybe you'd want him to develop as an overall player and work on his defense, but I don't know. I'd say just make that transition right now. So I guess for my my lineup for the... um, the Dirk Classic are coming up for next weekend would be um, Theo Hernandez on the outside, outside back, left back, and then Alaba and Boateng, who's been the center back, which has been normal, and then Pavard out, uh, as the right back. And then you have Kimmich, Thiago, and Muller in the center of the field, midfield. And then you have Nabry, Lewandowski, and Davies up as attacking. Um, I don't know what side each would prefer on, but I'd probably say... Nabry on the left, he likes um, being able to cut in on his right foot. Um, Davies, I think it doesn't matter as much to him, but having him on the right could be interesting to see him cut in and bring in those crosses with the right or the left foot. So that would be my lineup for Dirk Klassiker coming up. And then now we'll get into the Dortmund versus Wolfsburg game, which was on Saturday as well. So Dortmund won 2-0. It was a pretty solid overall performance. Nothing too special by them, but it's definitely interesting to note that Guerrero and Takimi scored both of the goals, which are both of the outside backs. So it's they've really been able to utilize um, the outside of the field this season with Hakimi, Guerrero, Sa- uh, Sancho, and now Gio Reyna coming up. He can play inside and outside a little bit more. Um, <clears throat> it's definitely interesting though, because their defense is what is the question mark. Obviously they can score a million goals, but when you have an old Hummels an old Pizcek, and then either Akanji or Zagadou as your other center backs, and they've been playing a back three because they're, they like getting Guerrero and Hakimi up on the wings as wing backs. That's kind of sketchy. Definitely. Um, so they haven't let up any goals in the first two games, though, which is um, a definitely a good thing. Berkey has two clean sheets. And talking about some Americans, you have John Brooks on the field for Wolfsburg, the American center back. I thought he looked pretty good. He looked the part. Um, he looked strong, physical. 
didn't really make too many mistakes. The two goals that were scored, you can't really blame him on those. So he will be, um, he's playing well. So it will be interesting to see how he'll fit into the U.S. men's national team lineup. Obviously, I think he has a starting spot. But um, can he really take the defense above and beyond um, for the U.S. men's national team? So then moving on to, oh yeah, Wolfsburg has have easily the best kits um, in the Bundesliga. Maybe RB Leipzig have some decent kits as well, but um, yeah, they, they look so nice up close. I like how um, they're Nike. Nike doesn't have as good jerseys overall as I'd say Adidas does, but Nike did a great job with this Wolfsburg kit this season. Um, the black with the green X and then the Volkswagen symbol looks decent on there. Um, it's, it's good that's not words. It's different just having a little circle right in the middle. That's pretty cool. I think a different and a good sponsor for a soccer kit as well. So now we'll take a little look at what my lineup would be for Dortmund. I did send this one in to Julian Favre um, because I am putting half my DraftKings account. Yeah, I'm going to go with half my DraftKings account on Dortmund to win this game tomorrow at plus 265. Um, yeah, I don't really know a lot A lot of betting um, people when they talk about this on social media and also on just podcasts, TV shows, and things like that. They'll use units. Um, I guess I'm not really going to use units right now. At the beginning of the restart, I put $100 into my DraftKings account. And I've now turned that into like 560. So this is going to be such a terrible move on myself. But I'm going to put half on the Dortmund W plus 265. And then what I'm going to do is the other half, I'm going to put it on over three and a half goals. So I think four goals will be scored at least in um, the Der Klassiker. And then I'm going to parlay that with the Leverkusen victory which is on at 2:30 after the game and they are playing against Wolfsburg. So that one's close, but I do think Leverkusen will come up with the W in that one just like they did against Gladbach. So I could make it out pretty nicely if both those hit. They both can hit too or neither of them can hit, which is obviously the way it goes. Who knows? Uh, th this is probably a terrible idea, but um, I like to be honest with you guys. Uh, no shame in that. I, I don't really need to say units or anything like that. So my lineup for Dortmund <clears throat> would be, obviously, going back, um, Neuer would be a net for Bayern. That doesn't have to be said. Um, Berkey in net for Dortmund. And then Guerrero on the left wing, Akanji, Hummels, and Pizcek as the three um, center backs. And then Hakimi on the right wing. And then in the midfield, we're going to have Delaney and Bront. Um, Delaney playing a little more defensive, Bront playing attacking. He's been phenomenal, um, kind of setting up some players for goals for them. And then Gio Reyna, Holland, and Sancho. The only reason I'm going Gio Reyna is because he is American. Uh, Hazard has been playing pretty well himself um, in the first two games, so... Yeah, that, that could that could go either way. You just want to see the Americans get as much um, time on the field as they can, and he's a special player, that's for sure. Um, I guess the midfield could be a little exposed in this, but Hakimi and Guerrero, hopefully they'll play a little more inside. 
um, so they can help out <clears throat> tracking back. And then my big thing is the Hummels, Pizchek, and Delaney kind of triangle that's going to form in the midfield and the center of the field. Those players, those three right now, need to be able to control Lewandowski and Mueller's play for them to be able to win this game. Like I said, they're going to be able to score goals, and Dortmund's going to be able to score goals. I mean, Bayern's going to be. So both teams will be able to score goals. It's just the fact that will those old guys be able to keep up with the pace and everything of these young guys in the attack? And I, I think it's possible. Sean, he played a little bit um, against um, Wolfsburg. Hummels did come out injured, but what I'm hearing is that it was more precautionary for the kind of short um, break in between the Saturday game and the Tuesday game. Obviously, Dirk Klassiker um, is the big one on their mind. So, taking precautions there. Boateng, he also came out of the game too. So, the center backs for both these teams, they're getting old, but they're still class. They're still worthy defenders and it's, I mean, I don't really know what I can say, obviously. I'm saying there's going to be oh, at least four goals, but it could be a 0-1 game. I'd rather not see that, but that that would be, you know, a good scoreline as well. Um, going into the remaining games to really look at this title race. So like I said earlier, Holland, I mean Dortmund and Bayern Munich, they have six games remaining after their matchup tomorrow. So really, what it looks like is Dortmund, their worst opponent or biggest test that they'll have after this is Leipzig, the second to last week of the season. And I'd say in the power rankings right now since the return, it would go Dortmund, Bayern, then Leverkusen. And Leipzig, they got the draw against Freiburg the first game back, so they they're not really high in those power rankings, but they are third in the table. And they're always dangerous, especially a good Timo Warner. If he's in form, then that's going to be a tough game. So that can really go either way. And they are away at Leipzig, but we've seen that the home team has lost 10 games now since the return, which is pretty interesting. They've definitely lost more games than they have won the home team. So I guess that's not that huge of a difference maker. And Dortmund is home in this uh, Der Klassiker tomorrow. I, I guess that doesn't really make a huge difference. Without the fans, it doesn't really matter. I guess the routine's a little different, obviously, you know, not being at their home stadium. Just, but anyways, I, I guess it's not that much of a factor in these post-coronavirus games with no fans so far. So... Dortmund have that Leipzig matchup, and then Leverkusen, um, Bayern Munich, excuse me, they have a much tougher test because they have back-to-back games against Leverkusen, Gladbach, and then the second-to-last game of the season is against Wolfsburg. So those are three teams right there that are four, five, and six, which is pretty much like the worst thing you could ask for. They don't have to play. Um, they don't have to play Leipzig. But those are the second, fourth, fifth, and sixth teams remaining in the table. I also looked this up right uh, right before 
the title odds for Dortmund to win the title are plus 550. So if you think that Dortmund can get the W, <clears throat> or I guess even a draw, because that would keep it at four points, and then Bayern Munich either slips up against one of those teams and then draws against one, then I don't know what the goal differential is at that point, but we're kind of really getting into the thick of it. Okay, so it looks like Bayern Munich, um, they have the record for goals scored so far this season. Um, 80 goals scored, which is pretty insane. Um, Bruce Dortmund have the second most scored at 74, so they're only six behind. Um, so, but Bayern Munich's goal differential is 52 and Dortmund is 41, so I don't think that will come into consideration because I think that's just too much of a gap. But who knows? They'll definitely be trying to, you know, pour on the goals, no holding back, um, especially when that's the decider if the teams are tied. So, man, this is just, this is all you could ask for. I hope I did a good enough job covering it. Actually, the one last thing I wanted to say was I noticed um, the Sunday matches, Cologne versus... Uh, Dusseldorf, they did have a decent amount of shirts in the stands, so obviously not fans, but just like some shirts, and Gladbach actually had some cutouts too, but Cologne versus Dusseldorf, they had music, uh, not music, but fans cheering, um, I thought that was very interesting, I didn't mind that one bit, it definitely made it feel kind of normal, um, I, I appreciate the intimacy you have with the fans, I mean, without the fans, when it's just no noise and you can hear all the echoes of the ball and just, like, the shouts of the players and coaches. Either way, I I think both are good. I think it would be cool to see, you know, half and half throughout the rest of the season in Bundesliga and when the other teams return as well. Either, either way they go with it, um, it will definitely be interesting to watch from a spectator's point of view. But, um, yeah, like I said, go Dortmund. I really hope they pull this one off. I don't want to see Bayern Munich win it for an eighth year in a row. I mean, think about where you were eight years ago. That was the last time that Bayern Munich didn't win the title. That's just, that's just crazy. So, you never like to see someone win it for too long in a row. And Dortmund, they have... A really exciting team, as they usually do. A lot of youngsters. Um, the biggest difference, my last point, is the biggest difference that they have since the last time they played when Bayern Munich dominated them 4-0 is Erling Holland. And I definitely think Erling Holland can be enough to make a difference and get Dortmund that win. Well, all right. Thank you guys very much for listening. I tried to keep this one quick because I know the millennial Gen Z, 